BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, everybody, this is Paco. Hey, this is George. Yeah, this is our year in review, or as we like to call it, uh, Requiem for a streaming service. That's just you got uh, that right. Yeah, we even though there weren't a lot of documentaries on CISO, uh, we watch all of our documentaries on on streaming services for the most part. A lot of uh, yeah. Netflix and Hulu's really come in the game real hard lately. Have you noticed Thank that? Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. And Amazon's trying. I've watched a couple documentaries on Amazon lately, and they're all kind of pretty shitty, like quality-wise. Really? I, I've only yeah. seen one lately, and I don't think it's exclusive to Amazon. I don't think... Are they doing exclusive documentaries on Amazon? No, but like they're like in the Amazon Prime, I just watched a Led Zeppelin documentary last uh, night, and it's not good. When did that... Not well is that made. a recent thing, or did it come out a while uh, ago? I think it came out a while ago. Yeah. I don't know. I, I also watched one on the doors and it was like pretty much the shittiest documentary I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Just because of all the, like if, if, if you had, a, if it was a drinking game and you drank every time they use the word shaman or mystic or, you know, wizard, I don't know. It's like, you'd just be wasted. Mm-hmm. I, I hate the whole shaman mystic shit that was around Jim Morrison. It's like. Especially now at my age, I'm like, he was a 25-year-old drunk. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he wasn't a shaman. Yeah. Come on, guys. Uh, that whole 60s thing. Have I told you the story about how a, a friend of mine thinks he might be Jim Morrison's son? <laughs> no. Uh, I don't necessarily want to... I'm not sure that... There's been no blood test ever done because it's a little too late. Right. But he was uh, born uh, in a, nine months after... Jim Morrison had been through the small town and he was given up for adoption and you can kind of see a little bit of it. Uh, it, No way. There's a little bit in the cheekbones maybe, Um, but it's just a guess. That is purely a guess, but there is some validity to it in terms of the timing. Uh, He doesn't know his mom? He he does not know the birth mom, mom, no. And it's, uh, this is just a possibility. And that's yeah. the closest I might have to any connection to Jim Morrison. Is right. he's also a musician, so yeah. I met when I used to work for an audio audio visual company here in San Francisco. One of their we still he's still there. One of their like uh, audio guys did a was the booth the live uh, operator for a Doors concert that was here in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and uh, he told me a couple door stories but he also did Jimi hendrix he was also the audio guy for um the beatles last show at candlestick park whoa yeah they still have yeah they still have the board i believe in the uh giant holding area warehouse did i did ever tell you that i work with the organist for the giants (laughs) no steve hogan he plays keyboards uh he works at he's a 
one of the higher up music guys at Pandora and he always takes time off during uh, baseball season to go play keyboards and he plays the organ for all the Giants games. Oh, wow. All the home games. Dun, 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 dun. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, So this is our year in review show. So George, uh, congratulations on a great year. Yeah, congratulations, Paco, on uh, 2017 that we are both, as of this taping, we have made it this far. The world has not ended yet. (laughs) No, it hasn't. And we're approaching our third year. Yeah. Of doing SupDoc. Crawling up. And this is, this is, was our best year yet as far as listens, people listening to our show and I, and just getting, you know, getting better, getting good guests. I don't know about better. I mean, no, I mean, I think we've all been great. Yeah. We've had good guests. We just have been figuring out what we're doing, you know, two and a half years into this. I feel like, takes a while. Yeah. I feel like there was sort of, uh, the idea of this, the way you visualized it, is this, has it played out the way you thought it would play out when you first came up with this idea? It's better. It's better than what you thought it was going to be. What did you think yes. it was going to be? I'm just curious what you thought it was going to be, like well, for the first year or something. When I originally thought of this, I, I've i always been a huge mm, what the fuck fan, WTF with Mark mm-hmm. Maron, and I love how he doesn't do edits or many edits and how it's kind of warts and all. So I was really... Part of my background is I overly edit everything I do uh, to a lot of times I've lost good stuff because I was like, oh, that's not important. Let's just get rid of it. Um, you mean in so, sketch and stand up or what do you mean? Yeah. And making yeah. videos, my comedy videos and writing sketches and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I've I've edited stuff to a point where I edited too much because I was too I was like, well, that's a mistake or no one's going to understand that. So I really wanted this to be a warts and all kind of hmm. interview. Um, but with the advent of getting Will on Will on board and just doing actually not you know, cross the board edits, but adding clips and, mm-hmm. and moving some stuff around. It's actually, I think helped. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like the first, uh, eight or nine or maybe 10 episodes, we did not have clips and no. we even went back. That's a good segue into talking about mayhem because we went back and recut our very first episode of mayhem. Uh, but yeah, let's explain what mayhem is actually firstly. Yeah. So for the first time, uh, since we've done since we've done this podcast, we've added theme months, and we had two. Uh, the first one was Mayhem, which was all about true crime documentaries in the month of May, mm-hmm. and the second one was Rocktober, which was all about music documentaries in the month of you guessed it, October. Yeah, like we have to come up with month puns for things to work out, or we could just <laughs> yeah. choose an arbitrary month and decide to do a series. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Mayhem, we were both uh, watching a ton of true crime documentaries, and it seems like that's what people gravitate to in podcast world. Like true crime podcasts yeah. have been blowing up. Um, yeah. Did you people did you check out crime. Dirty John at all? Did you hear about no. Dirty John? That's like no. I think it's an LA Times reporter. Just it's I started it, but my girlfriend had listened to the whole thing, so she just explained it to me. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I don't need to hear it now. But it's it's a pretty bizarre true crime story about a, a real creepy dude. But that's one of the bigger ones that came out this year was uh, Dirty John. So uh, that's worth checking out too. And then my favorite so murder many. has been right. huge. Like, it, which is great to see. I mean, I feel like Karen Kilgariff is having sort of a renaissance 
overall she's and she's always awesome. been great and we yeah should try to get her on here i've had her at last weekend a couple times she would always nice. do the christmas show or like yeah. right around christmas because her family is from up here in the bay so uh, uh yeah anyway uh speaking of uh one of the i think the the probably the one we started with uh, adheres to the true crime format the best which is mm-hmm. us talking to allison mick uh, my co-host from Cinecave Days, a Bay Area comedian, and she wanted to talk about Interview with the Serial Killer, 2009 yeah. documentary. Yeah. About Epis- episode 56. Yeah. Comedian Alison Mick. It's great talk. And she even had a connection to the doc and the serial killer because they're basically from the same area of New York. Yeah. Ar- that's Ar- that's Arthur Shawcross. I kind of blanked on his name for a second. I have his face forever uh, emboldened uh, in my yeah. brain this creepy the Genesee, Genesee River killer so yeah, yeah we talked to Allison about that that's episode 56 that is worth going back in and checking out if you yeah. have not and that was the first one I think that might have been May 1st actually and mm-hmm. uh, what else, who else did we talk to now some well, of these we are, talked to yeah. Vince Mancini about uh, the classic Thin Blue Line. Errol Morris's, I don't think it was his first film, but it was definitely the one that put him on the map. Um, classic film about a cop who shoots a uh, guy who's driving his car and uh, he thinks that he's involved in a crime and as it turns out he wasn't and wrongfully convicted and this film exonerated him. Right, like right. one of the first ones. Yeah, this was, I think that's what this film is kind of known best for is one of the first documentaries that got a guy off of death row. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's kind of started the, I mean, if you mention the word, the word, the name Errol Morris, it's kind of like a style of documentary filmmaking Mm -hmm. that people are even using to this day. I mean, they use the Errol Morris kind of style. Matter of fact, I just watched a documentary where most of the criticism I saw online was like, it's like a knockoff of Errol Morris. So Mm -hmm. like it's and that doc was just made. It's just now on Netflix. So, you know, his influence is being felt even to this day. And my God, I would love to have him on as a, yeah. Speaking of a guest, we tweeted at him. I did. I, yeah, it was a lot of, uh, pleases, please, 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 please be a guest. Uh, I feel we're, we're very close. Him, Morgan Spurlock, Chris Smith, Feel like we're close. We got some. We got some feelers out to uh, at least two. We have some feelers out to some people. I some feel peeps. like he, Errol Morris is on Twitter, and he. If, yeah, I think he's seen that. I don't know what mm-hmm. he needs to entice him. If you, if how about this? If anyone's listening, please at Errol Morris and tell him he should come on the show. Yes, please help <laughs> Just us out. Add him on Twitter and uh, let him know that. But yeah, our guest yeah. for that was Vince Mancini, uh, who does Film Drunk. He writes uh, for the the website for Film Drunk and does film reviews and also does a fraudcast podcast. And it was his first time on the show, and uh, it was great yeah. to have Vince here. And then we also sat down with uh, Steph Swope and Craig Staggs, uh, the animation producer and director of the documentary Tower. That's right, and that the animation is a key feature of Tower. If you have not seen yeah. Tower, about the pretty much the first mass shooting in texas on a school in ut austin in right. the 60s so yeah that is uh they, they were the animation team called minnow mountain and uh we did a f- 
five-way Skype for that one. Yes, that's right. Oh, my God, like that's right. They were Skyping in the same house in different rooms, I think. Right, in Austin. Yeah, so it was like You were a, in L.A. It was a three-city, maybe four-city Skype because of Berkeley, Berkeley, San Francisco, Austin, and Los Angeles. And, right. uh, yeah, the tower is a, is really... Tower is a really, um, you know, moving story yeah. about the, the, the survivors or the people right. that a combination of survivors and like you get no insight into the mind of the killer, the shooter. Uh, right. It's all about the impact that that tragic shooting had on yeah. the city of Austin and these people's lives, like, you know, decades later. So, yeah. And, and a wonderful, wonderfully made documentary. I mean, mm -hmm. the animation's incredible. It really helps strike the tone for that doc. And mm -hmm. uh, if you haven't seen it, you definitely should check it out, which is Tower. And that's episode 58 as part of our Mayhem Month. And then, like you said, we did a recut of episode one, which is going, no, um, it's Matt Lee. Yeah. We, we did yeah. Uh, the Jinx. The Jinx. Yeah. With Thank Matt Lee. And like, gosh, what. I was going to bring up uh, the character from the Jinx that's in the news all the time now is Janine Perot, the, uh, oh. the prosecutor, because she's yeah. a Fox News head person now. She's a pundit yeah. on Fox News. And yeah. uh, she couldn't nail uh, Robert Durst back in the day. So why do we listen to her now? I don't know. Right. Now so. she's saying that the F people at the DOJ and the FBI need to come out in handcuffs. Oh, Ugh. Man whatever yeah anyway so that was our mayhem and it was awesome it was our, the first time we ever did a theme month it worked out really well um we got a, some great listeners hopefully we had some new new people and we're making it exciting for our regular listeners and we hope to do it again which would be fun yeah um and and true crime docs i mean like people fucking love true crime docs you know yeah i mean do you love them because i'm i'm feel, i do i feel ambivalent about the whole mm -hmm. genre as a whole and i think i talk about it in this month because right yeah there's yeah there's a lot i of, do like them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i do like true crime docs i, I it depends like uh, um i was just talking with a guest about the keepers which was i thought was a horrible documentary it's a true crime documentary it kind of depends on the filmmakers um you know the imposter is awesome there's some great true crime docs um some that i'm like whatever yeah um what's what's the doc with the the is it called the hell no um the one with the the cult leader from hawaii and oh yeah holy uh, hell yeah holy hell like would I you call like that, that a true crime doc it's hard to say what that one counts as i i, I didn't yeah. really like it as a as a overall film either but it's yeah. also like hard to say what category it really goes in i guess it goes in cults more like yeah yeah, yeah. it's he's a i mean you know he did some fucked up shit to people but mm -hmm. yeah um, and then we did Rocktober, which was awesome. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. it's, it's kind of funny. I, I talked to a friend. He was like, he's like, he, he, I guess his impression was that we do mostly music docs. I had someone else say that to me also. Did you? Oh, yeah, okay. I've heard that like a while ago. People, I think it was even someone I wanted on the show. And they're like, yeah, you guys mostly do music docs, right? We're like, no, it just happens oh. to be that we both were in bands and are music people and know a lot of musicians. So, uh, right. it just, to me, whatever, what makes those is the personality that's being covered and it could yeah. be, and, and like the same way I like a documentary about something like someone, I have no idea like what they do. Like I would watch a documentary, about, like, you know, we do a sports one and it's like, I don't know anything about the sports world, but I kind of can relate it to, 
the story of an artist or like you know just like an individual who's like goes through these paces um so yeah with um the music documentaries we chose they're kind of all over the place but one of them uh the one that we started with was one of the one of the ones that we should have been you know people have been bringing <laughs> this up for two and a half years people are like why yeah. don't you do the devil and daniel johnston and we would just yeah. were like well you know no one's the way the show works usually we just like have someone pitch what they are into talking about and right. so uh long time nobody had picked it yet. yeah long time listener and you know is a f- old friend of mine who also listens to the show and he was like man i would really love to do the show and i would really love to talk about devil and daniel johnston i'm like you know what no one's actually said that yet so let's yeah. just do it and that was kip yolhorn and he's a musician you might know his band's Cloudland Canyon. Uh, I met him back in the day when he was in this punk band called The Red Scare. And uh, we went to his house in Los Angeles and talked to him about his feelings about the movie. And right. uh, yeah, he had his kid there and he makes <laughs> yeah. a little. And actually, if you hear a real creepy kid saying this is Subdoc, <laughs> that's just Kip's son. That's who Kip's just, son. He apparently just randomly started say muttering that to himself. I'm like, I don't think he listens to the show, but we had <laughs> right. him do a station ID one time, and now it's just something he does. So uh, that's, that's like creepy kid you hear on uh, uh, on on our. Uh, if you you will you'll hear him on as an interstitial shout out. Right. So yeah, yeah that was the beginning of October, episode sixty nine, and it's also kind of oddly coincide with Daniel Johnston's retirement tour. That's right. Um, that he's on or was on i think it might be over now but it's it was his last yeah i mean even reading things about it it's not totally clear that it's his last tour but he does not seem like he's in a condition to keep touring and yeah uh, yeah so yeah right. that was the timing for that and yeah and then we had a bonus interview with the uh the editor of the devil and daniel johnson you talked to tyler hubby yeah i talked to tyler mostly about his documentary about tony conrad which was episode 71 but in between those we threw in uh a, a segment of that interview i knew i wanted to just talk to him about devil and daniel johnston and i thought i would like edit those together but it ends up just being a standalone interview if you want to hear more about like filmmaking from and he was really involved in how that film looks and feels as the editor oh, cool. and like coming up with a lot of the interstitial bits for mm-hmm. um for Devil and Daniel Johnston or just like Tyler had to convince Jeff Fierzig to do something in CGI instead of this really complicated shot for like just a CD falling down a, a hole. Right. So, yeah. Um, we, yeah. We also did talk to Tyler about Tony Conrad completing the present, which is a pretty great film about the late Tony Conrad. And that was episode 71. So I'm kind of jumping around, but episode 70 we had actually uh, someone who was new to you and me, like uh, yeah. not a, not a person that either of us was like initially friends with, but she was really great to have on the show. Tawny Newsom, yeah, our uh, actress, comedian, musician, who uh, wanted to talk about "Stop Making Sense," the classic Talking Heads concert film. So it's right. a concert film, and right. I think we both had this thought of like, how are we going to talk about a concert film? the way we talk about these other things, right? Exactly. Like it's a little bit complicated. It is a little, it was a little complicated, but uh, as we found out in our discussion, she had been in a Talking Heads cover band. Yeah. And uh, also... Um, Starting the documentary now, rip on Talking right. Heads, on, stopping, on the specific film. Yeah, so, so it, yeah. 
it was a delight. It's like delightfully layered. Our uh, mm-hmm. as we come out of our interview, we find out she has lots of uh, influence by the Talking Heads and was in the documentary now spoof of mm-hmm. Stop Making Sense and was actually in a Talking Heads cover band. So yeah, that was pretty awesome. And she's like, talk about a triple threat. I mean, yeah. she's wonderfully talented. Tawny Newsom. That's episode seventy. And like you yeah. said, you talked to Tony uh, Tyler Hubby about uh, completely in the present. Uh, yeah, the Tony Conrad, Tony Conrad. Run, yeah, which is and really, yeah, great. Which, yeah, you you managed to see it, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, it's a great film, yeah, yeah. Um, also, uh, another one that's just me solo was I spoke with Ed Balloon. He was actually in town working on some music with the guys from Clipping, and so I had been kind of in touch with his label, and I was like, hey, I think this guy. I've read an interview with him where I thought he would be a good guest to have on the show. So Edmund and I got together and we talked about Hip Hop Evolution, which is a four-part series, Canadian series about the beginnings of hip hop, really centered on the you know the late '70s, New York world, and then it sort of ends on gangster rap in L.A. So yeah, that's I don't know that I love this as a series. There was cool mm-hmm. stuff in Hip Hop Evolution, but um, you know I just watched an SNL bit with the uh, pete davidson where they were kind of making fun of this type of documentary Uh which is like guys in their 50s and 60s being like we were we weren't like these kids today you know we were we were cool and then it's like just shows them dressed as like the village people or like you know all wearing these bizarre like leather outfits (laughs) and then showing like a new guy like a little peep or like you know one of these one of these new like SoundCloud rappers right, with like right, right. face tattoos and being like, Oh yeah, you, you're, you're not, you don't know what real, you know, it's this little bit on SNL, which I thought was specifically, they must've watched this documentary. Right. To think yeah. That's funny. Bits. They're fucking clapping on it. Uh, and then uh, we, yeah, we end our Rocktober with episode 73. Uh, we talked to legendary comedian, Dana Gould, um, who's much more than just a comedian. I mean, writer, director, series creator Dana Gould about Metallica's Some Kind of Monster. Right, which he instantly had that in the can because he had worked on a pilot that was based on the idea of being the therapist for a rock band. Yeah, He had worked on that with Dave Grohl. So, yeah, if you Google Dana Gould Metallica, that might come up before this episode comes up. But, uh, yeah, he's like one of the first comics that I would see on tv like back in the day in san francisco so yeah uh it was pretty nuts having him in the house yeah i uh, bet yeah he joined you at your place in la i was in san francisco doing a remote um and he talk about he almost didn't make it either like he uh, my phone was not (laughs) working and he almost just drove away but i i walked outside and saw him and waved him down Uh, in classic sup doc form yeah we almost (laughs) we left our award-winning guest out on the front porch have Uh, we ever like just not hit record on someone has there uh, been time we had someone and we just didn't hit record we had actually recordings drop out midway yes. through that I, has I happened a couple accidentally times accidentally hit stop when i was talking to todd glass oh my uh, god about religious thankfully i glanced down i i, I must have hit with my my elbow or something on my laptop <laughs> and i glanced down and i was like oh shit it's not recording i mean it was yeah. probably a minute so thankfully i was yeah. able to like recover but <laughs> i was so nervous that was my first 
solo yeah. interview and Todd's one of my favorite comedians so yeah and it, and if anyone can pack a lot into a minute it's Todd <laughs> yeah we we did you don't actually know what miss. we lost in that minute <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah having Dana I mean one of the one of the main writers for the Simpsons and um stand against evil his new show I mean like mm-hmm. there's not I mean there's not much he hasn't done I mean shit he was uh part of um he was part of uh um, the alt comedy boom, really. Well, yeah, and like the the uncabaret world and all that stuff. And too, Ben yeah. Stiller's Ben Stiller show, yeah, which I loved. I like, loved. Yeah, I grew up with that show. Yeah, me too. Like Manson and like I, some of my favorite sketches came out of that show. That show was still, I think, is like not given the credit that it should. Yeah, I, I watched it a couple years ago when it came out on DVD, and mm-hmm. I was like. Some of this is very of the early 90s, right. but that's okay. I mean, if you watch Mr. Show, it is kind of of the late 90s as well. There's like, yeah. they, they just pick things, like there's something still funny about it, even if it's like referencing a specific like De Niro movie or something. Yeah. It's still, I think a lot of stuff still holds up. And as Judd Apatow is part of that show as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just all these Boston people really. Oh, right. Um, yeah. But actually, speaking of Dana Gould's and him talking about Metallica for October, uh, which he's not even a fan of Metallica, and I know right. that he is like a huge, he always is talking about the Beach Boys and the Beatles. So uh, we actually have a clip from Dana Gould's episode 73, we're talking about some kind of monster. And he just talks about, you know, uh, how like basically the the all these artists are kind of like recreating these parental relationships and even right. with him like he, he said on his show stand against evil it's putting his dad in the x-files so he's really a fan of like you know taking these uh psychological backdrops and then just populating them with a uh, funny character so here is a clip of dana gold talking about uh father figures on episode 73 this is why I find the Beach Boys more interesting than Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> they both come from very dark, You're savage, right. emotionally savage places. Mm-hmm. But the Beach Boys looked clean cut and sang fun, fun, fun right, right. as a way to who 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 else but somebody whose father beat them so hard they went deaf in one ear would write a song called Fun, Fun, Fun because you're just yearning for this thing that you mm-hmm. can't experience. Yeah. Whereas Metallica went, like, did, what, what, in acting, what, they went with the obvious intention. They, mm-hmm. You know, they were angry, so they screamed. Low-hanging instead fruit. Of being mm-hmm. angry, so you smi- instead of being angry, so you smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, that's why I find that the Beach Boys takes an interesting turn that you don't see. Uh, but... Uh, they're they're both they you know especially like you see Lars Ulrich like Lars Ulrich's dad speaking of crumb oh man Lars Ulrich's dad looks like Mr. Natural yeah he does and 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 he's just this German like yeah Lars Ulrich plays him a track and he's so proud of it and he just strokes his beard and goes if I were you I would delete it (laughs) that's the father figure that he comes from yeah yeah. it makes and then you look at Lars Ulrich and go yeah I get it he's also like a Danish tennis pro or something his dad was like like an award-winning tennis player 
award-winning, prize-winning yeah. tennis player. So we've like, all been to the tennis awards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're great. They're really fun. Yeah, so I remember he, when Patton Oswalt hosted it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like that's like the that kind of yeah crazy bearded patriarch. Also, their manager is also a crazy beard man. Yeah, the guy uh, Cliff Bernstein from yeah. Q Prime. I'm like, okay, you found another father figure, and then the therapist is yet another yes, father figure. Yes, right. And they keep chucking them. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, it's like, because the problem well, get, is not your father figure. The problem is, you know, the, the, the really right. interesting documentary that has not been made is uh, John Lennon's quest for parental figures. Oh. And that was sad and, and failing. Uh, you know, he would find these people once he you know became a little self-actualized he would always search for uh, a savior a father figure and then he would love them and then turn on them and Mm. first it was like brian and then brian brian epstein and then brian died then it was the maharishi and then he turned on the maharishi then it was arthur yanov who did Primal Scream Therapy. Then it was Alan Klein. Then he turned on Alan Klein. Then it was Arthur Yanov, who did Primal Scream Therapy. Hmm. Like, he was always searching for these people and then turning on them because they let him down because did, they, did he, he, had, he had given them an impossible job. Did he and do that to you, George and, Martin? Um, I, I don't think they did it to George Martin, but it was clearly with, like, Brian was definitely, uh, Brian Epstein was definitely a father figure. And and the, and the, and the other psychological aspect of of the whole thing there's a really brilliant book called you never give me your money which is a which is a the psychological breakdown of the beatles breakup as as it was a as if it was a divorce and what you see is especially with john and paul these two guys whose mothers died when they were very young who became completely codependent on each other could not leave each other until they had replaced their mothers Paul with Linda right. and John with Yoko. Oh, man. And then once they had replaced their mothers, they grew apart because they began to self-actualize again. Whoa. And uh, and and what really... And, and of the two in the book, and when you break it down, Paul is vastly more mature than John. And what you see is John doing everything he can to break up the band short of breaking up the band. And then finally Paul saying, well, fuck it, I'm out. And then John going ballistic because he didn't get to announce it. So that w- that was Dana talking about father figures and mother figures and the Beatles and the Beach Boys, like talking about having the a great guest with a great doc and what a great mix that is. Oh, I wish we talked to him right after Manson died because he has a lot of bits about Manson as well. And there's that crazy Manson Beach Boys crossover. Yeah, that is. And I think Manson tried out for the Monkees too. But <laughs> I think wow. when he, he auditioned for the Monkees and they said that his teeth weren't nice enough or something like that. <laughs> like, so if Manson had better teeth, oh man, people would still be alive today, basically. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Um, and so we, we want to highlight a couple of our uh, our favorite uh, uh, talks from uh, 2017. 2017. Um, one of which is that we were we had a, a t- another legendary comedian come by, Wayne Fetterman, uh, yeah. that we talked to at George's in L.A., George's apartment in LA and he, and he picked one of my top 10 favorite documentaries crumb. Yeah. And, and, and Wayne having, it's very weird having all these people in my apartment. I have to say, it's <laughs> yeah, very, very confusing. Occasionally when I'm looking back at photos, I'm like, Oh, we had this person here. We had this person here. Yeah. That's it's, awesome. It, yeah. And yeah. thankfully they, they love cats generally. Yeah. Um, Luckily, random yeah. sodas. Cause during yeah. this, we, um, had Wayne try out a disgusting soda that mm-hmm. you had the bubble well, gum. It's a bubble gum. It's the Roddy Roddy Piper. Uh, right. They live bubble gum soda, which I don't know why. Actually, I bought it when we did our live show. <laughs> That's that was like a, back in January. So, uh, yeah, Wayne and he, Wayne Fetterman, you've seen him in everything. He's been in everything. Yeah. He was just in, tra- I just was watching Transparent this season. He's in an episode of that. Oh, wow. Uh, he's, he's everywhere. But, um, yeah, IMDB he, Wayne Fetterman. You'll be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And you did a show with him, right? You did a live show with him at Piano Fight. I did. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, uh, Suckatash podcast, mm-hmm. um, had the- us on. Yeah. The podcast about podcasts. Yeah, yeah, the podcast about podcasts. So Wayne had a podcast at the time. Uh, I I was there representing Subdoc. He was there representing his podcast. Um, so yeah, it was awesome. And he's such a great guy. He's super talented too. He plays piano. Um, great stand up comic. He's also been in a few other docs as well. Right. Um, we we got him to talk about like how he's an expert about Reagan's career in SAG, which yeah. is on our Patreon as a separate uh, topic. So right. yeah, um, this is a clip of Wayne Fetterman explaining why he wanted to talk about Crumb. If you're going to ask me why I picked this movie. Yes. Why mm-hmm. did you pick this? Uh, well, uh, because you'd already done Wiener and that's the one I really wanted to do. It's <laughs> <laughs> because I, f- uh, unlike most documentaries, which is usually about one thing and like some little, this is... Right about genius three three ding ding ding, ding. ding, ding. Yeah. um commerce right luck right um father son stuff tons brother sibling, sibling stuff. rivalry tons. stuff tons. mom stuff tons. drug abuse tons. drug usage lsd yeah yeah is a big part of this right. this uh you know the mom's on amphetamines the mm-hmm. the uh and uh culture and American fame, pop. F- fame, yeah, fame is a big part of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it you is. Think that's crazy that he became fame, super famous, you know. And then, and then his just, and also, I, I, I just love. There's a scene with him and his son yeah. where they're just talking Jesse, about yeah. Justin. Is that I think it's Jesse. Jesse. Yeah. Jesse. Jesse. Where they're just 
talking like shop. Yeah. About drawing. Like work. Mouth, yeah. Literally work. Father, son. Yeah. No, but I'm saying like when you break down crumb, he does a lot of work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you never think of it. You just think, oh, it's like, oh, I'm actually doing this. Right. I'm creating this. And so so it has any and they explore all of those themes and more. Am I missing any? Um mental health, I guess. Yes, mental yeah. health. Yeah. 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 The difference between I'm not gonna use the word gene, but brilliance. Well because I don't want to say it again. And 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 craziness. Like that line. That line, yeah. That's, yeah. that's we all know that the way his brothers end up, he could have ended up like that I easily, easily, right? Easily. Do you feel like LSD saved him? That's kind of I the do. implication. I do. I feel like he why, basically whatever retriggered <laughs> his brain to not be like his brothers, right? And it also it led to his style and like this the 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 evolution of his drawing style. Yeah. Well, I think it also helps to that's be a great point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it LSD saved our crumb. It I certainly helped. Okay, say, we're yeah. done this podcast, yeah. guys. Good night, everybody. This was fun. All right. This is, uh, again, forcing Wayne Fetterman to drink some <laughs> pink soda in my living room. Yes. Uh, another great interview we did was at our guest's house. And, mm -hmm. like, their house is nicer than my house. But we Ooh, went nice. to the home of Yacht. They live in Highland Park. And they... I had talked to them a while ago. I had I'd asked them about doing the show like a long time ago and just took a couple emails of just bugging them about it. Mm -hmm. And first they wanted to do this documentary, this Netflix documentary about cats that was like, <laughs> okay, this is cute, but yeah. uh, what are we going to say other than like, we all love cats. Right. And then yeah, they're like, how, how oh, wait, have them? you seen... I've known them a really long time. Gosh, I'm trying to remember. I think I first saw Jonna playing solo at the Hemlock oh. way back in the day, early 2000s. Because they're out then, of like, Portland, right? Yeah, he was living in Portland, but traveling all the time. Like, and those guys are like hooked up with everyone. Like, there's some YouTube video of like of Jonna playing with the Venture Banhart on like some European TV show. Oh, uh, yeah, they know everyone. Um, but Jonna and Claire, I have known for really over a decade. Oh, okay. And and uh, we had talked about doing this cat video and then they were like oh wait have you seen tickled we we just watched it it's crazy and uh you actually drove straight from san francisco mm -hmm. to this house in highland park right to and their house on my birthday well, yeah on your birthday that's right and yeah. like uh it wasn't even uh i was there and uh just we were just eating chips and trying out salsas and then <laughs> and then you came and then we started talking about tickled um i have uh yacht is not just a band they're like uh creative entity that Jeez. does a bunch of different stuff like they were telling us about how they're refurbishing this public sculpture that's like a a light and sound programmable thing in yeah. downtown los angeles called the triforium so awesome. uh yeah we talked about that off mic but um what we wanted to talk about well, tickled is crazy by the way it is a great one of the crazier movies yes. documentaries like it takes so many insane turns and it even kept going right after we recorded this episode back in March. It uh, the so many things came the, out about there was a follow -up. David D'Amato. Yeah, there was a follow up called Tickle King, which actually yeah. we talked to Wayne Fetterman about. So uh, this is just a clip of us talking to Jonna and Claire from Yacht at their home about something that uh, Claire did for Vice. This is a clip where we were just talking about the process that 
David Ferrier and Dylan Reeves went through to make Tickled, like a lot of hidden camera stuff, a lot of like confronting people when they least expect it. And uh, Claire had some experience with that as well. Uh, do you guys get scared when you see like uh, investigative journalists walk up to yes. people with cameras oh. and stuff? I had, my, I my had to do that sweating. once yeah. for a thing, and it was oh, the yeah. scariest thing I've ever done. In my you life. had really to someone? Yeah, this is yeah. A, that's not, that's was it? Gotcha that's public. Journalism? You should talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about it. Oh, I mean, yeah, this is sure. a short doc. I sh- no, I, sh- I shot this doc with Vice that was all about these like really interesting and strange transhumanists in Florida that started a church. Uh, transhumanist church, but like it was kind of maybe also secretly like a vitamin racket. Yeah, there was like a, there was. A, why is there always a secret racket? See? It's like the Church of Perpetual Did this air? Life. Did this air? Yeah, awesome. But then on Viceland, yeah, yeah. There's this thing where like the guy sort of like the deacon of the church is also owns the sort of Buyers Club Vitamin Company. Like, are they related? What? And where does the money go? Okay. Like so I, I had to do a gotcha thing where I like went to their headquarters and knocked on the door and like tried to get in to ask Whoa. them questions. And it was so scary. And they were they were they did have that kind of like leading aggressiveness about yeah. it. They were just like, we've called the police. Like, yeah. You have to leave. Yeah, that's on. Camera, you can hear it on camera. Yelling at you. Just a guy. I don't even actually really care. Like I just (laughs) have to come knock on this door, and then I'm happy to leave you alone. Um, it's, it was very scary and I always get scared when I see it in movies Me? I think it's so brave yeah mm-hmm. anyone that can do that and you, even like in documentaries where you sort of see like they're supposed to turn the camera off but they keep rolling right like yeah. that stuff like, yeah they see the light there's a lot of that trouble. in here there's yeah there is a lot, yeah. Yeah. A lot. The that, coffee re- that part reminded me of the jinx in a little way yeah yeah, yeah. 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 They're like when you oh I'm just putting the camera on the ground it's off now mm-hmm. wink wink when they first go when they're in the van well it looks like a really smart these guys seem really smart I get the feeling Farrier's done this before it's like I work in a way. They seem yeah, to have like he seems to know what to do. Yeah. And his little buddy Dylan Reeve, like I, I'm like you guys probably have done this before. I, I mean, he is a, like a TV news during, yeah. you know, news journalist. He's guy. a little. He's, he's, he's been in the game. TV yeah. news. It's like a massive TV? like seven on your side project, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Consumer like. Yeah, he's like New Zealand TV, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's kind of like a, yeah, like he's like. But it seemed like all like very light, like I'm going to interview Guar, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, yeah. yes. kind of light entertainment. And this became a hard <laughs> news story, Gwar, like right. right away. I think part yeah. of also the motivation of a guy like that is the opportunity to tell like a real story yeah. as a journalist. I think that's right. probably quite tempting. Yeah, when you're for used sure. to doing like wacky puff pieces. Yeah. But they had that van just like fitted out. Like they knew what. The, I mean, I was like, damn, yeah, girl, you like you guys know what to do with the curtains and the. I would have fucked all of that up. Yeah, they would have sure. seen me just pulling into the park. Lot. Yeah, <laughs> like I could not pull that off. But when they get out to walk up, oh man, I'm like, oh man, what's gonna happen? It's also just like a moment where you can't blow it, you know? Like, you can't. It's very intense as a performance because you guys go yeah. up there and just like ask the exact right question, right? And get yeah. The answer out of it. Uh, I have to say, I was smitten with these two. For one, I love creative people. I love smart, funny, creative people, and you get that in spades with Jonah and Claire. Like, yeah. After this, I was after I be, I became the biggest yacht fan as well. Like I love their songs; they're super catchy and poppy, yeah. and dis, like dystopic, you know, uh, apocalyptic kind of themes. Yeah, it's funny because like they tr- treat their band sort of like a, a cult in some ways. Like there's a <laughs> lot of graphic design. Yeah, there's a lot of like. Um, like vague messaging about the future yeah. but um but yeah claire is writing a book about the history of women in computer engineering so that's coming out really soon of course she is and yeah like they're just always doing they're always up to something and i've just randomly run into them a couple of times since then like 
I think I ran into them when I was shooting a commercial like down <laughs> in Chinatown and they were just eating at Burger Lord. And, oh, wow. Uh, and uh, I got the five everyday pin. Yeah. Like um, I've run into them a bunch since then. But yeah, this was a fun episode to do. Definitely watch Tickled. It's yeah. nice. And the other, my favorite part of, one of my favorite parts of this is after we were done and we were promoting this on social media, Dylan Reeves contacted Jermaine Clement from uh, Flyer of the Concords and he was like, hey, uh, they were trying to think of like who would play you, you know, or no, we were, we, we cast him in the doc. Right, right. Jermaine Clement as, as Dylan Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they, t- turns out they're friends. Yeah. And uh, they were, yeah, he was kind of responding back. So that was pretty cool because I yeah. love Flight of the Concords. I mean, if they could do basically like a disaster artist about Tickle, about the Tickle King oh and have both of the Flight of the Concords guys playing David Ferrer oh and Dylan Reeves, that, that would be, be awesome. pretty amazing. That By the way, awesome. should we, I, this is a, this is a total digression. Did you see disaster artist? Not yet. Okay. Then we can, we can save that for another time. Okay. Uh, it's a bio. I, I liked it. Hint, hint. Kind of. It's kind of a biopic. Yeah. Right. It, it close. Yeah. It, close enough for our categorical purposes to right. include. Yeah. And speaking of speaking of uh, well, speaking of things that are not fitting any category, um, <laughs> shall we talk about our live show? Yeah, of course, because we we we've been part of Sketch SF Sketchfest for the last couple of years, and on, on honorably so. It's such an awesome. I think it's the best comedy festival in the country. Uh, just because of the programming, which is nuts. You don't see programming like Sketchfest has. And it's like a month festival. long. It's like it's not a, like it's not like a weekend festival. It's no. Like, it's really like you can just every weekend there is like a different group of people from all around the world right. in San Francisco. Well, for instance, last year I was talking to at the same table. And not, I'm not, you know, this isn't, I'm not trying to drop names or anything because this is just what happens. It's a the, podcast. It's fine. Right. That's what it's all about. It, yeah. Trust and me. it's, and it's, it's just, I just happened to be sitting at this table when other people sat down, but it was me, John Foley, Eugene Meerman, John Hamm were at the same Dave table. Dave Foley? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I mean, it's wow. like, that's the kind of crazy mix you get at Sketchfest is like, just like it's everybody you can think of comes up to San Francisco for this festival. It's such an awesome festival. So anyways, we had um, our live Sketchfest taping um, at Piano Fight, which is a uh, club here in San Francisco. And we mm-hmm. showed Memorial Day 2000 to a live audience. Um, and we assembled a hilarious panel of comedians, um, yeah. c- including Corey Sklar. From yeah. Illogical Contraption, uh, comedian Emily Van Dyke, Frankie G, uh, and Melissa McQueen out of L.A., who's part of uh, the Comedy Store and Hollywood Improv. Um, yeah, and we've both done Melissa's show in Pasadena at the yeah. at the cafe. Yeah, Barney's uh, Beanery upstairs. Cafe, yeah, everyone should go to see her show at Barney's yeah. Beanery in Pasadena. But it was great because Memorial Day 2000 is hard to describe. It's it's like it is. It's yeah. everyone's hellish home video that made it onto the internet and became a cult classic. But our, our whole thing was like showing kind of a short doc and then assembling a panel to talk about it, um, which yeah. is what we did. Mm-hmm. And and you had, did you know about this before I showed it to you or did you no. know about my real thing? But you're even not. from Michigan, like near where this takes I've place. I've actually been to this area that they filmed this in it's a beautiful area um but no i never had seen it and then watching it it's just 
the only thing you can think about is like what happened off camera, like all of all the crazy shit that <laughs> right. happened on camera in this, yeah. what, 20 minute documentary. It's as quotable as Heavy Metal Parking Lot. Like there's yeah. so many things that are quotable, but it's also such a micro. It's so it's such a cult thing that yeah. not many people know it. Like less people know about this than Heavy Metal Parking Lot by right. like a mile. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I had heard about it because the people that had edited this together, Nautical Almanac, were like this noise band that was turning around in the 2000s, mm -hmm. and this VHS tape just made the rounds, and it was just a complete, like, found footage yeah. type. It, it's, it's very much like the found footage phenomenon, but it's it was edited together <laughs> right? and uh, selectively put together, for sure. And also, uh, I have to apologize to anyone who was at piano fight and ordered the delicious food at piano fight because <laughs> there some, there's there some, are some gross moments extremely gross things yeah. that happen in memorial day 2000 don't recommend uh it, it would make you queasy and the food at piano fight is too good it is to, delicious uh, to to uh put down so made yeah, by one of our buddies joseph annalyn yeah i yeah he i think he was actually working that day yes. <laughs> and he's like what what the fuck you guys showing <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was our live show, uh, Sketchfest. You can, from back in January, uh, listen to that one. Actually, you got to watch Memorial Day 2000. Yes. It helps a lot and to, uh, break it down. And I've been like wanting, I've been wanting to show it to a group of people that has never seen it before. It's a little bit like the room in that way. It's like, yes. you want to just have, you want to just, I know what happens. I want to introduce other people to it and just watch the horror watch the blood drain out of their face during this thing oh my i mean gosh, gosh i uh yeah so anyway that was Memorial day 2000 and you can watch it on youtube too like it is on youtube yeah i actually put, I, I tracked down the dvdr to what? screen we screened the dvdr and i had to track it down from a friend and it was like Whoa. Because I thought it maybe had better quality than the YouTube. Right. It's about a quote. I mean, it's better than a YouTube. It's not as compressed as a YouTube, but it was made also. It was sold by uh, Carly and Twig off of their website back in the days of DVDR. So I borrowed a copy from a friend to show at Piano Fight and then had to mail it back to them. Oh, my but, gosh. Uh, it's just a DVDR. I don't know. I'm, I'm not great. It's not something that's floating around. Uh, there's not like a high res version floating around the internet, right. really. Awesome. All right. So out of that, let's, um, take a moment to, we, we talked about Patreon and we have a Patreon page, obviously, mm -hmm. and we certainly, uh, are super excited and, uh, give great thanks to anybody who's able to donate whatever they can, because yeah. it certainly it does keep the lights on as it were and yeah, we got helps some us. fees attached to just running a podcast i mean hosting yeah. and web stuff and mm -hmm. all that and so uh, yeah yeah you can go to our patreon page which is at patreon.com slash podcast to donate but we want to give some shouts out to our patreon supporters so thank you alina mansfield yeah, Alina Mansfield. Alina I Mansfield. know because we're, we're old college friends. <laughs> Angie Britsky, Annette Marines, David Roth, John Schamberger, Jamie Borshuk, James Thanks, Railing. Jamie. James, uh, thank you. Jana Joe Belts. Thanks, Jana. Your, your friend, yeah, Janet Spanger. Flemmer. And Janet. longtime listener Mike Shiflett just signed up recently. On thank you, Mike. Our you Patreon. guys are awesome. Yeah. If you ever want to come over, I'll make you some dinner. We'll put on George's comedy album and watch some docs. How's yeah. that sound? 
they I don't know how it sounds to them. Um, origami. Order it today. Yeah, well, that's true. Like we both have uh, records available on uh, the streaming services, on Pandora, <laughs> on Spotify, Requiem on for iTunes. Streaming yeah, that's right. Yeah. So speaking of uh, speaking of nothing, apropos of nothing, <laughs> hey, what 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 else happened this year, Paco? Well, we got some press, and I'm very excited about this. I yeah. I. I I think I'm mean, just to get some recognition. I mean, there are what? How many podcasts are there? Mm, two billion, one billion podcasts. My mom uh, has one a per person in selling. L.A. Yeah, one There's, one for every person who lives in San Francisco and L.A. Has right. A so that's like that's like fifty million. Let's just yeah. say. Anyways, yeah. it's just nice to be recognized. We got some good. We got some nice press. I thought it'd be nice to highlight it. Um, George. Uh, thought it would be fun to read these in an accent, which I think is funny. So, George, give yeah. me an accent you want me to okay. read. Okay. Um, uh, first one, read it in the accent of the crocodile hunter. Okay. So I also want to just quickly, uh, is these are just quotes. There's, these are not the, the full write-ups. This is just yeah, pull yeah. quotes. Yeah, that would be, so. be too long. Yeah. To do the so whole this, this one's by Mark, Mark Hyoshon from Splitsider said, Sup, crikey. Sup, talk is away. A fun way to pour over ducks. So yeah, thank, thank you, Mark. I've been wanting to get on Split Cider for a while. Yeah, and, uh, we finally did it with the, and he was he wrote up the Dana Gold episode. That's right. So, thank yeah. you, Mark Hershon, yeah. who also does the Succotash uh, podcast. Yeah. So check that out. Read Our his column. sister podcast or brethren podcast. Yeah. Pretty much at this point. Yeah. All right. So we also got a write up in uh, Comedy Cakes. So uh, read this as if you were Werner Herzog. Oh, oh! I thought I was just gonna make you do it. Okay, oh, great! No, I thought we were gonna take turns. All right. Okay. Let me try. Let me try this. The knowledge, wit, and compassion can get you through anything. Deborah Tomasian from Comedy Cake. You, that you, you, I realized I wasn't ready, and that is that not, and it never gets better. It never you want to try better. it again? Uh, no, I do okay. not want to do it again. And I'm trying to think. Uh, for you, uh, in wait 18- before we. Before we go, I do like how you ended that with a little bit of a Ken Burns Civil War Deborah Thomason comedy cake. It was a little. This reminds me of like I we were trying to listen to the audio book of George Saunders Lincoln and the Bardo, which has like 35 different voice actors on it. Jesus. Yeah. And it's a lot of the they're all it's all based around quotes. So they all end with like. A quote like that so maybe that's what i was thinking of mm. um mm-hmm. i'm trying to really i was i thought i had more chances to stump you um i want you to do a Sorry. woman and okay. i'm trying to think i we already did australian woman is too close to what we just did that is so true. let's go with um like a project grizzly canadian woman okay project grizzly canadian woman okay. like yeah like someone who would be on the sidelines in project grizzly all right this is uh from boing boing and uh, Mark Fraunfelder. Mark Fraunfelder wrote this. Okay. Um, Sup, Doc, is a great idea for a podcast series. Interviews with interesting people about their favorite documentaries, eh? <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I don't know. I don't. We, we're not <laughs> We're the, not getting any jobs off of this. You, that's for you're sure. You're supposed to just go. You're supposed to say that was awesome. That was awesome. Thank you. That thank was you. awesome, Paco. Yes, and this. Let's just yes, yes and this entire yeah. thing. All I mean, right. You, okay. 
So that was uh, a quote that we got from Boing Boing, uh, but like he said, um, which was about the Wayne, uh, George said about the Wayne Fetterman crumb episode. So thank you, everybody that listened to Sup Doc in 2017. For those people who've been with us from the beginning, my God, you guys are angels. You guys are angels. And for people who just started listening to us, thank you so much for being a part of Sup Doc. And we hope to make you proud in 2018. Yeah, like someone's got to make us proud in 2018. Right. And uh, not only is there just, you know, the if you can't do the Patreon thing, you know what we would appreciate is if you just tell a friend about the show. Amen. I think word of and mouth is every podcast I've gone into, it's been a, a friend telling me about it. And mm-hmm. that's like the way that like this stuff works best. You know, that's you right. trust your friends. And also we could use reviews and ratings on iTunes. That's still Please. the number one way that people find the show. And, you know, it's been a while since we've been new and noteworthy. Uh, I think yeah. we've always been noteworthy, but we are not new anymore. <laughs> we have not been <laughs> new for I two f- years. That's how I feel so. about my life. Yeah. yeah, definitely spread the word and uh, hit us up on social media. Follow us on Twitter at Supdoc Podcast, Instagram at Supdoc Podcast, Facebook. Guess what? At Supdoc Supdoc Podcast. And, I've even uh, putting cute pictures of my cat on our on our Instagram. Oh, yeah. Sherby's yeah. on our Instagram now. If you can't get likes for a cat picture on Instagram, right? something's wrong. Something's wrong. But yeah, keep watching docs, man. And and email us too, subdocpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you're watching. If you have any reviews, let us know about that. Just feel free to contact us and be part of it because um, without you, I mean, it's just George and I talking and, you know, we need you guys. So yeah. thank you guys so much. Thank you. And we'll see Happy you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy holidays.